Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Gotta be feeling good about what Mike White's done today. On third and four, he'll look to throw. In zone, Wilson, a big play downfield. Wilson still going along the sideline. He's not going to go down. Allen tripped up. He could not get past Jermaine Johnson. Oh, look at the speed of Brees Hall. He's done it again. Brees Lightning, 62 yards for the touchdown. Rodgers in trouble again, and he's sacked again by Quinn Williams. What a beast, number 95 for the Jets. Listen, thank you. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. Follow me on Twitter at Play Like a Jet One. And it is time to go inside the numbers defensive edition for our 2022 year in review. And so for that, we bring back our stats specialist, Haley English. Haley, welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me. Excited to discuss this number one grade of defense. Mm, yes, according to PFF, where you used to work, the Jets were number one. I don't think they were the best defense in the league, but that's a whole other discussion for another time. The point is, they were very good this past year in 2022. So let's unpack it, and we'll start with the points against and what they held opponents to in each game. Haley, run through some of those efficiency numbers for us. Yeah, so the Jets' points against, they only allowed 316 points. And that's an average of 18.6 points per game. That's fourth best in the NFL. Um, but you did see their offense not even be able to put up that much, like that many points. So that's why their record was um, that bad. But they held opponents to 20 points or less in 11 games. But the Jets were only six and five in those games. So again, another testament to their horrible offense, but amazing defense. Um, in terms of their EPA allowed, they only allowed 78.8 EPA. That- the season that's fourth best in the NFL and then looking at red zone and third down conversion rates the the opponent red zone efficiency so the percent of the time they score a touchdown when they're in the red zone was 47.8 percent that's fourth best in the league and then their third down conversion rate was 38.1 percent and that's 11th so looking at the defense you're going to see a lot of like fifth best to like best in the NFL in this and like what we're discussing today, whereas last week it was all like 29, 30, 31, 32 ranked um, for the offense. Haley, can you break down what EPA is? Because I think that's a term some people may not exactly be familiar with. Yeah. So EPA stands for expected points added. It's a better measure than like yards gained or points gained. Um, so for example, like if a quarterback takes a sack on third down, that's negative EPA for the offense. And let's say a running back runs for 30 yards. That's positive EPA because it's setting them up to score points. As far as the passing defense, we know how good Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed were. So obviously that's going to weigh heavily into these grades. But 
The Jets' passing defense did very well this season. In fact, Joe Burrow had the most passing yards for the entire year against the Jets, and it was 261, which seems crazy. The Jets didn't allow a 300-yard passer the entire year. In the year 2022, that's crazy. Yeah, and this like pass-heavy league kind of that we're in right now, the Jets did great um, at containing the passers. So they allowed no games. Again, with 300-plus uh, passing yards, they lapped seven games with between 200 and 300 passing yards, 10 games between 100 and 200, and then no games below 100 passing yards. So again, like Joe Burrow had the most passing yards against the Jets defense, and that was 261. And that's crazy. That's not a lot of passing yards. Um, and then the game where the Jets defense allowed the least passing yards – was Josh Allen in week 14. He only had 130. And that's insane. The Jets, we we had gone over this in a previous episode, but the Jets are starting to learn how to contain Josh Allen. Um, and that's look, that looks great going forward. Haley, as far as passing defense, there were some other numbers that really caught my eye here. This is wild. The highest passer rating allowed by the Jets was Joe Burrow. We talked about the 261 yards. 80.5. Again, in an era where guys are having in the 90s as almost the norm these days, it seems, 80 would be below average in the current NFL. That shows you how efficient the Jets' passing defense was as far as touchdowns allowed, sacks, passing yards allowed per game, completion percentage allowed. The Jets had really high marks there. Interceptions, not as much, but I think part of that has to be that teams started running the ball more and not passing the ball, being afraid of Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed, so it slowed the passing games down. But ultimately, these numbers show a Jets passing defense that was very efficient throughout the year in totality. Yeah, you can argue that Sauce and DJ Reed are the best cornerback tandem in the NFL along with Michael Carter, who's also graded like very highly. Like they only allowed 15 passing touchdowns to that entire um, coverage unit. That's best in the NFL. Um, they also had 45 sacks. That's seventh in the NFL. Um, passing yards allowed per game, 189. That's third in the NFL. That's great. Um, and their longest pass al- allowed was only 56 yards. Um, that's the third lowest amount to like third best. Um, And then finally, we have a completion percent allowed of 62.4%, and that's ninth in the NFL. Play like a Jet. Play like a Jet. Rushing defense, Haley, was nowhere near as impressive as the passing defense. It wasn't terrible on paper, at least. It did seem like there were times where they really wilted. But this unit was really more average to below average in a lot of ways. Yeah, the rushing defense was nowhere near the passing defense that the Jets have. Um, They allowed 121.6 rushing yards per game. That's 16th in the NFL. So just basically, I think that is actually the league average. Um, And they allowed 4.2 yards per rush. That's 10th best. um, So a little more improvement there. Um, And as far as the games with allowing a certain amount of yards, they allowed three games where the opponent had 150 plus rushing yards, 10 games where the opponent had between 100 and 150 rushing yards, uh, one game between 76 and 100, and three games with 75 rushing yards and under. Um, They just need to get better in that category. And um, I think that in the future, when they draft more people in the trenches and kind of see how that's going to go, I think that um, they can improve in that area. Haley, everybody knows what an elite season Sauce Gardner had, not just for a rookie cornerback, 
but for a cornerback period. He was the first rookie to be first-team All-Pro at the cornerback position in 41 years. This was the best season at cornerback that any Jets fan has seen since Darrell Revis left the first time. Even when he came back in 2015, he was nowhere near as good as Sauce was this season. Break down Sauce's year for us because you've got some interesting stats on him. Yeah, Sauce Gardner was the highest-graded cornerback, according to PFF, so he had the highest uh, defense grade out of cornerbacks and also the highest coverage grade. Um, he also led the league in passes defended with 20. Um, and honestly, like I'm pretty sure that should be more. I feel like I saw more than 20. Um, I think his stats say that he allowed one or two touchdowns. You can make the argument for one, but you definitely can't make the argument for the second one that they were originally giving him. But yeah, Sauce had an absolutely amazing season, deserves all of that all pro defensive rookie of the year like he ran away with that ever since like basically week one and he should have been the first pick in the draft I'm pretty sure the Texans are kind of kicking themselves over drafting Derek Stingley who is I think graded 111th out of all cornerbacks right now in terms of coverage so Sauce has had much a, a much better season than Stingley after being not even a sought-out recruit coming out of high school and went to Cincinnati and had a stellar career there. C.J. Mosley, second-team All-Pro, had himself a really nice year. Break that down for us as well, because not quite as dominant as Sauce, but he played really well this year. Yeah, like no one's going to come close to how dominant Sauce was, even like any other defender in the NFL. Um, But C.J. Mosley was fourth in the league in tackles on pass plays. He had 76 of those. And he was also sixth in the league in solo tackles with 99. So he was a great tackler. He did make some like key mistakes um, in a couple games that kind of led big plays to happen. He jumped off sides against the Bills. But he deserves that second team all pro. He's been great this season. And uh, hopefully he'll have another great season next year. Nobody is going to be able to touch what Sauce Gardner did on this Jets roster except Quinn and Williams, who had a fantastic year. He had been good before this, but he took the jump to one of the best players in the league on defense. I think you can make a very credible case that he's a top five defensive player in the NFL now. And even though he didn't get the nod as a finalist for defensive player of the year, it was Chris Jones, Micah Parsons, and Nick Bosa. He absolutely could have been in there because I think there's a credible case to be made that he had a better year than Chris Jones. Take us inside the numbers with him. Yeah, Quinn, and again, another stellar year from him. Uh, I think it his, was his best year yet. 11th in the league in sacks. He had 12 of them. Um, I believe that's a career high, and I want to say the highest for a Jets player in uh, quite some time. Um, and he was also ninth in the league in quarterback hits. He had 26 of those, and he was also tied for 19th in tackles for loss. He had 12 of them, and his brother Quincy also had 12, so they were tied for that also. Haley, there's been a lot of talk about Bryce Huff, who is a free agent, would like to see the Jets bring him back. Now, he didn't get a ton of snaps, but with the amount of snaps that he did get, he really made them count. He's somebody that is not going to offer you much against the run, but in today's NFL, which is a passing league, very important to have players that can get to the quarterback, and when Bryce Huff is in the game, he does that fairly consistently. I think if he comes back as a free agent, the best move for the Jets here would be to give him more snaps and allow him to go rush the quarterback and do what he does best on a more frequent basis. Definitely. I think uh, keeping Bryce Huff and re-signing him is going to be one of the biggest priorities of the Jets, other than obviously quarterback and everything um, this offseason. But he's been stellar whenever he's on the field. He's ninth in the NFL in pressure rate, so 22% of the snaps he's getting pressure on the quarterback. 
Um, and that's insane. He's been stellar, and the Jets did a great job at rotating their defensive linemen and edge rushers and everything. And you, like you saw Michael Clemens have great plays when he's on the field. Jermaine Johnson had some great plays when he's on the field, but none of those players were consistently on the field every play. So I do think that Bryce Huff deserves more snaps because he doesn't have the stats in like sacks, quarterback hits and stuff um, as like Quinnen because Huff is not playing as many snaps. But I think if he did, then he'd be well up there with all those guys. Haley, can you talk about that pressure rate? Because that's incredibly efficient. You're talking about a guy who is an elite pressure rate player when he's in there. Now, of course, the question is, can he continue to be an elite pressure rate player when he has more snaps? Because it's like anything else. The repeatability is what you question. And you have to know whether or not a guy is able to continue that level of efficiency as the number of snaps that he plays goes up. It's just like anything else. You have small sample sizes. You have a baseball player who goes up to the plate 60 times and does really well. Can he do that over the course of an entire season and be consistent? That's what separates somebody who's one of the best pass rushers in the league from somebody who only plays a limited number of snaps. Does this number here that we're talking about, the pressure rate number, indicate to you that maybe Bryce Huff, I'm not saying he's going to be an elite pass rusher, but maybe he can be one of the top situational pass rushers in the NFL if he's given more of an opportunity to showcase his skills on a more frequent snap-to-snap basis? I definitely think so. Like, I don't know if he could get as many snaps as, let's say, like Quinn in on it, because he's basically in on almost every play. But, um, yeah, I think Bryce Huff deserves a bigger load, and I think he can handle it. Um, He's proven that he can be very efficient in all of his snaps, and um, I think that going forward the Jets should have a bigger role for him um, just because of how impactful he's been on the field, and I think he's got the stamina and everything to be able to replicate that. Haley, we've seen that there were very efficient numbers, too, for Jermaine Johnson as a rookie, when you compare his pressure stats and all of that to other rookies in the NFL. Now, remember, part of the reason here is that Johnson is in a rotation, so he didn't get as many snaps as guys like Aiden Hutchinson, and I'm not trying to suggest that he's as good as Aiden Hutchinson, but on a snap-for-snap basis, Jermaine Johnson, definitely one of the better rookie edge rushers in the NFL in 2022. When you combine that with Bryce Huff, Does it say to you that maybe the Jets should move on from Carl Lawson and his $15 million a year salary, give more snaps to Huff and Johnson at a much more cost-effective rate, and then move forward from there with those guys as the featured pass rushers? And of course, Michael Clemens, too, who, by the way, was very efficient for a rookie pass rusher as well. Yeah, I think definitely trying to get out of like a Carl Lawson could be the most optimal scenario for them just going off based off of um, PFF defensive grades. Uh, John Michael Myers had the highest out of uh, edge defenders for the Jets at 82.6. Then it was Michael Clemens. He was 23rd in the NFL um, with a defensive grade of 78.7. And then down at 39th was Jermaine Johnson at 71.7. Um, he was actually right behind uh, Kayvon Thibodeau um, who saw a lot more snaps than Johnson, but Carl Lawson was 53rd in the NFL. Again, like the Jets have five players basically in the top 50, um, but Carl Lawson was the worst out of all of them. And I think that the Jets should prioritize Jermaine Johnson, Michael Clemens a little more over Lawson uh, just because they uh, won't take as much of a hit to the salary cap. 
Another player the Jets are going to have to make a decision on is Quincy Williams. Now, Quincy Williams, of course, is Quinn Williams' little brother. He was brought in here after being released by the Jaguars, and he's shown flashes. There's a reason why he was 19th in the NFL in tackles for loss. The problem with Quincy Williams is he does a lot of the very basic things wrong, takes weird angles, bad instincts on plays, will over-pursue. So it's a mixed bag, and the question is, do the Jets believe that they can take those flashes and make that more of the norm with Quincy Williams? Because if they do, then it would make sense to bring him back here. He won't be that expensive, you would assume, and continue to develop him and hopefully turn him into one of the better linebackers in the league. However, if they don't think that they can make that the norm, and if they think that Quincy Williams is what he is, a flashy but very inconsistent and fundamentally flawed linebacker, then maybe it's time for the Jets to let him go elsewhere. But the fact that he was 19th in the NFL in tackles for loss was encouraging, and certainly a lot of those highlight reel plays show you what Quincy Williams could be at his best. It's just a matter of finding that consistency and if he can do it. Yeah, definitely. I'd love to see them bring Quincy Williams back, and I'd also love to see them bring Quan back. I think Quan was one of the low-key best signings for the Jets. Um, he had a great season, and I think that like tandeming Quan uh, and Quincy Williams could be a great duo. And they were they were decent this season. They just have to fix the small things. And I think once they can do that, then I feel like linebackers will kind of be set for the Jets with uh, CJ Mosley there also. Haley, we talked about a bunch of different players and a bunch of different metrics. Part of the reason that the run defense was ordinary was because the safeties and the linebackers really needed an upgrade because once a speed runner would get past that initial line, they would have guys that were taking poor angles, weren't able to tackle, weren't able to stop them. You look at a guy like Jordan Whitehead. And so you look at the metrics with somebody like Whitehead, and he'll go and point out that he had all these tackles and all this other stuff, but the efficiency numbers with Whitehead for the $8 million plus that he's going to make in 2023 indicate to me a player that very well could be expendable. The Jets probably should get at least one new starting safety, maybe two. They've got the draft and free agency to do it. Maybe they restructured Jordan Whitehead. But Haley, you've got the numbers on the efficiency of the Jets' defensive players. And Jordan Whitehead certainly didn't live up to the contract that he signed. DJ Reed did, but Jordan Whitehead didn't. Yeah, Whitehead was a big letdown um, after coming off like a Super Bowl win with the Buccaneers. But um, I think the Jets should definitely go out and get um, a free agent safety. I know there's two Cincinnati ones, uh, Bates and Von Beller, who are both free agents who I think at least one of those should be very like much considered for the Jets. Like Jordan Poyer is also a great player, Jimmy Ward. So like there's a, a lot of good options out there for the Jets. And they saw like they brought in DJ Reed and he was amazing. Hopefully with some very high caliber safeties coming out in free agency, the Jets can go out and uh, pick one of those up to replace uh, Jordan Whitehead or even Joyner because Joyner's a free agent too. Haley, it's been talked about a little bit that the Jets got very lucky in terms of the slate of quarterbacks they played in 2022. They went up against Brett Rippon instead of Russell Wilson this year, although Russell Wilson clearly didn't play his best football in 2022 anyway, but still Brett Rippon a drop off there. Aaron Rodgers had a hurt thumb when the Jets played him. The Jets played the Dolphins when they had Skylar Thompson at quarterback twice. 
The Pittsburgh Steelers started Mitch Trubisky later on. Kenny Pickett came in, but still, Pickett was at the very beginning of his run, and he didn't play the whole game. Very different story for Pickett if he was where he was by the end of the season. The Jets played Jacoby Brissett when they played the Browns instead of Deshaun Watson. Again, Watson didn't play all that well when he came in, but you get the point here. When the Jets played the Bears, they had their old friend Trevor Simeon. So they got fairly lucky with the quarterbacks that they went up against in 2022. How much of that do you think leads to the possibility of a regression in 2023? Because they have a lot of very tough quarterbacks on the slate this coming year. Defensive metrics are not the most stable so year after year. So it's most likely that the Jets are going to regress slightly. I don't know how much. They do have like a stellar defense with all these amazing players. And um, they were very well coached this season. So hopefully they won't regress a ton. Um, it's almost like an inevitable that they might drop off a little bit. But you, like you've seen teams like the Patriots who have had a great defense every year. The 49ers are like that too. Um, even the Broncos. So I think the Jets are up there with all of them and definitely can continue their success next year going into the season with a bunch of amazing players, um, no matter who's at quarterback. Haley English, our stats specialist over at playlikeajet.com. Thanks so much for coming on and breaking down the Jets' defense and metrics from 2022 with me. Really appreciate it. You've got a lot of fun off-season projects that I know you're going to be working on for us on the website, and then we'll have you on the show to discuss them as well. For people that want to follow you on social media, keep tabs on you, and read your work over at playlikeajet.com, how can they follow you? And what kind of projects are you considering working on this off-season? Because I know there's a lot of exciting stuff. Yeah, so on Twitter, my username is at HaleyEEnglish17, and going to be doing a write-up of this uh, podcast on playlikeajet.com. And then, yeah, just breaking down uh, some free agents that the Jets could possibly get, and once they finally find the quarterback, and a bunch of other stats like that going into the season, and uh, even leading up to the draft. So excited for it. Make sure that you check out everything that Haley is going to be working on over at playlikeajet.com. Follow her on Twitter and check out our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash playlikeajet. Visit our store, tpublic.com. That's tee We've got the John Franklin Myers, Quentin Williams, bless you, thank you shirt, caps, mugs, hoodies. It's all there, tpublic.com. That's tee And be sure to give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and playlikeajet.com.